0: Welcome to the Life With Five podcast, where we get real about marriage and parenting. Our heart is to help you discover hope and healing by infusing faith into your family. Here are your hosts, Ray and Carol Hintz. Hey, and welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. Hope you're having a great start to your week. We're gonna be talking about raising kids with character today. Is it even possible? And uh, honestly, I don't know how to do it. So if you have any suggestions, just please let us know right now.
1: Yes, please.
0: Seriously, though, I do think we've learned a few things over the years. (laughs) Raising five kids and trying to navigate that, like what works, what doesn't work, and also being youth pastors, seeing maybe what is, again, not work so well and what works really well.
1: Yeah, but before we dive into developing kids with great character, we have to look at the definition of what character is, right? And the dictionary definition of character is the mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual. One person said that character is who we are when no one else is watching. And as followers of Jesus, we believe that true character is built upon the foundation of who Christ is and who he has created us to be. Um, Character isn't something that you just have innately. It's (laughs) something that you develop.
0: Absolutely. In fact, if you read the Bible in the book of Romans, chapter 5, verses 3 and 4, we see that Character is actually something that's developed through a lot of the pressure that we feel in life. It says, we glory in sufferings or in the trials, the tribulations. And you might think, why do we celebrate those things? Because we know there's purpose behind it. It says, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Here's the thing that happens for a lot of people in today's world is pressure comes and we think, well, that must not be God, or that's bad, or I don't like that, I don't like how Mm -hmm. it makes me feel, so I'm just gonna quit and I'm gonna go the other way. What God's actually encouraging us to do is to push in and lean in and work mm-hmm. through it with his help. And he says, when we do that, the perseverance develops character, which is what we're going to talk about. And ultimately, here's why you need character. Character develops a hope and a hope that does not disappoint because that hope is centered around Jesus.
1: And character comes at the price of perseverance. And many people want what's on the other side of that perseverance. Yes. But your character is what ultimately carries you through and helps keep you there. Without character, you'll compromise and fall short of the hope that Jesus brings. And clearly, we know that there's value in character. And as parents, we would say say that we want to raise children with great character, with strong character, and we want to share with you a process to help you develop the character and values that you esteem within your children.
0: Yeah, and as you walk through it, I want you to think about where your child is right now. Where mm-hmm. are they at in regard to the process of, of developing good? And I want to even take it a step further. Where are they at in the process of developing godly character? Because ultimately, yeah. that's our aim, right? As followers of Jesus, we don't want them to just be good more moral people. We want them to be godly people. We want them to have the heart and the mind of God. And so the first step we're going to take is we're going to introduce the value, okay? This might seem super obvious, super simple, but I, I promise you this is a step we skip all the time. <laughs> this is where we teach. This is where we explain. We break down. We define what character traits and values that we esteem, what those look like, and we give them examples. So what is honesty? Is it just not lying or is it telling the entire truth. Mm. What is integrity? Do we just say, you know, integrity is, you know, doing what you say you will, or is it honoring your commitments and understanding why you want to honor your word? And then getting to honor. We want to respect the people around us because we realize they're God's creation again. So we want that godly character to be developed.
1: Yeah. And it's in this phase that we really want to work to teach often through words or by pointing out examples to bring clarity and understanding to our child and help them to really grasp the concept of the character uh, trait that you're trying to teach them, why it's important to tell the truth, not just that you need to do it, but why it matters. Mm -hmm. How do you feel when someone lies to you or takes something that doesn't belong to Mm. them? How does that make you feel? Or we might approach it from the flip side. You might teach them about generosity by sharing why it's so fun to give, not just to get gifts. And we do this with our kids. When they were younger, we played a game with them where we took them Mm -hmm. to the Dollar Tree where I actually did this with them. And we gave them each $3 and three minutes to buy something for one of their siblings. So we set them loose and let them do that. And while they definitely enjoyed getting something and opening those gifts and finding out what they got, they most liked being able to buy something for their siblings and watching them open what they had picked out for them and seeing the reaction and the expression on their faces. So it was a great way to teach them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then it's carried on. You know, I Mm -hmm. think many Christmases, it was like, you know, they didn't know what to do or, you know, should they even get their siblings a gift in this last Christmas? I know a couple of them at least got everyone gifts and we, because we have 19,000 people in our home, we don't really (laughs) make them do that. We just tell them like, Hey, we're going to do like a secret Santa type deal. You pick one person, buy a gift for them rather than having to buy a gift for everybody, but they wanted to just bless everybody else. And they wanted to find those gifts. So this is a great way, just tangible, practical things. They might not seem like that big of a deal. You can make it a game. You can have fun with it, but simply introducing the values to them in a tangible way helps them to better understand what they need to learn.
1: In moving into the next phase, you really have to embody your beliefs. When it comes to building kids with character, it's virtually impossible to do that without a consistent message. So introducing the value is about bringing clarity, but embodiment is really about consistency. Does what you say line up with who you are? When we say that something's important to us, but our actions say something different, it can be really confusing to our kids, those inconsistencies in our spoken values versus is the reality of our everyday lives, (laughs) if they bring a a conflicting message, our kids are just going to get confused. And ultimately they're going to choose to believe what we do rather than Mm. just what we say. And as parents, we often embrace ideas, but we embody something else. For example, not to get into your business, but we're going to get into your business (laughs) a little bit. (laughs) But when you say that you want your kids to have a clean room and you're on their case about it, but your room looks like a tornado struck it, (laughs) that's probably sending mixed messages. And if you're teaching your teenager, which we have one that's learning to drive, if you're telling them the importance of keeping your eyes on the road, paying attention, not being on your phone while you're in the car, and, but you're constantly texting while you're driving, that's not the best message to send to your kids either. And if we say that God is important, but they don't see us reading the Bible, if they don't see us praying, if we're not attending church regularly, serving, giving, all of those things, they pick up on that.
0: Yeah, I I can actually attest to that last one, because uh, I remember I was going to church. uh, I was younger. I didn't grow up in church, but there was a season my grandma passed away. My mom and stepdad were taking us to church, and um, they're like, we need to do this as a family. And one of the things they told us we need to do was this thing called tithing. I was like, I don't know what tithing (laughs) is, but it was like where we gave 10%. Well, our allowance was a dollar, and at the end of every week, we would go to the dollar store. So if you're tithing 10 cents on that dollar at <laughs> 90 cents. It was just a pressing trip to the dollar store. So you had to right. wait a week or whatever, right? But um, I remember doing this and it was so vivid in my mind because we, I went into the service with them once and I saw they put in $20 in an envelope. And I was like, they make more than $200. I did a little quick math right there, right? <laughs> and I was like, hey, how come you aren't tithing? And they're like, well, we make a lot more than you. It's a, it would be a lot more. And I was like, well, if the principle is important, then it should apply to you not just me, right? And so that inconsistency actually created a little bit of resentment and uh, it honestly was confusing. I was like, I don't get this. Then they like started dropping us off at church and not going themselves, but telling us how important it was. And I was like, yeah. I'm <laughs> not getting this as a 10-year-old. I'm not picking up on what's going on here.
1: Right, and kids are smarter than what we sometimes give them <laughs> credit for. <laughs> yes. But my dad was the opposite of that. Like He was really diligent about entering his his transactions into Microsoft money every single night. It was pretty crazy, but our computer was like in our family room. So it was in one of the main parts of our house where we hung out. So we would see him do it all the time. And then as I got older and got my first job and started making money, he... set me up with my own account and we started, he started teaching me how to uh, manage my finances and tithing was a big part of that. And because I saw him do it consistently throughout my childhood, it just was a natural fit for me to do it as well. And it wasn't something that I ever questioned. It wasn't something that I didn't see as important because I saw that it was important to my dad and he really instilled that into me. And it's something that we've continued throughout our Marriage in our life,
0: yeah, and it's so it's important, mom and dad, to remember. Sometimes you're teaching the right principle, but if you're not backing it up, if you're not embodying it, then it really doesn't have the the punch and the power that you want it to. Now, I'll say this about my mom and dad. On the flip side, um, <laughs> they taught me very much the value of hard work. I know very few people that work harder than my dad. He's older and retired now, but he can't stay retired. So he just keeps getting jobs. I'm like, dad, what you're <laughs> supposed to enjoy retirement. And I was like, the other day I talked to him and he was working a full-time job. I was like, what are you doing? Like you are really bad at this retirement <laughs> thing. Right. But they worked hard and they evidenced that with their lives. And so that's always stuck with me all these years.
1: Yeah. And the other part of this is if you and your spouse are together, it's important to be on the same page yes. with each other about the values that you want to instill into your children. Because there's there's little in life that is more confusing for a child than parents who are on the opposite sides of their core beliefs. So that's something you really have to drill down and care, or, um, clarify between the two of you so that you can send those clear messages to your kids. And when we've clearly communicated our values through our words and our actions, then we move into the third and final part of building character in your kids.
0: Yeah. And this is where we impart these values, right? If you look at the Bible, this is what Jesus did. He calls the disciples to come and follow him, to spend time with me, right? And then as they're spending that time with Jesus and they're eating with him and they're traveling with him, he finally gets to the point eventually where he says to die for me, right? This die with me, die to yourself every single day. And that's a really high call where they're literally giving their lives. I mean, most of the disciples actually were martyred for for their faith, and yeah. the one who wasn't nearly died for his faith, right? So, to get to that point, how did they? How did Jesus get them to that point where they committed? They saw who he was. They realized who he was. They saw the love that they received from him. His message was this was consistent with who he was and what he lived out, and it imparted over time. This happened, and this is where we really get into the point where we're talking about conviction.
1: Yeah, and this is that stage that builds conviction. It's a deep-rooted belief, not easily swayed because you've presented such strong evidence and experiences as to why that is right and true. So it's important to remember that deep roots, to grow deep, they take time. We have plants all over our house, and I can attest to that. (laughs) the strongest values you'll impart are the ones lived out over the course of your life and why we want to finish strong, right?
0: Yeah, and I... I would just say this, you, unfortunately, we've seen the stories of certain people. They seem to have the appearance of something. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of their life, you find out that that was not the case. And we see a lot of those things unravel and we don't want to do that. We want to live consistently. We want to finish that race strong. Like Carol would say, nobody remembers who was front halfway through a race. (laughs) They remember who finished first at the finish line. Right. And so that's what we want to do. We want to finish strong in the God, in the call that God has for us in our home. We want to build a healthy culture and that culture is going to be built upon the conviction level in which we have on those beliefs. But again, culture is not something that is just simply taught. We don't just tell our kids this, this is something that is caught, it's seen, it's evidence. So don't just tell me what you believe, show me why you believe it.
1: Yeah, and over the years of being youth pastors and watching parents with their kids, often it appears that kids aren't understanding or they're just (laughs) disregarding what their parents want for them. But as a child grows older, it can become clear that the values that were imparted to them throughout their childhood are finally coming to the surface. Kids tend to challenge authority, right? That's a fairly natural part of adolescence, of growing up. They're trying to make sense of things as their world begins to expand and they begin to figure out who they are and what they want to do with their lives. But it's important that we don't betray our values out of frustration of seasons where our kids are challenging us.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the things. The Bible says to train up a child in the way they should go. And we we in those moments of frustration sometimes can violate our values, and nothing's more confusing. We talked Mm -hmm. about the power of consistency. You're not going to get to the impartation of the value if you're constantly or consistently violating those values. And so In the frustration, you have to remember mom, dad, Get away, Mm -hmm. be patient, use those tools to calm down. We talked about in an episode, You know, when we're butting heads with our kids and you go back and watch that or listen to it. And and really the dynamic of what's at play and how we have different agendas. And so we just have to remember that. They're not always hating on us. It's not that they're trying to always be disrespectful. I feel like so many people out there are so hard on teenagers and they're like, well, they're just so disrespectful today. Can we just be real and honest? We were disrespectful as teenagers (laughs) too. And by the way, we're the parents of these teenagers. So we've created these monsters, right? <laughs> like we gotta we gotta take a little bit of ownership and just have some perspective to not be victim of the moment
1: yeah and we also have to be aware that there are going to be other voices speaking to our kids mm. so we ha- might have to make some tough judgment calls to help protect them until they're more prepared to um, decipher for themselves which voices are worth listening to first Corinthians 1533 says do not be misled bad company corrupts good character so of course this refers to the people that we or our kids are spending time with, but in today's world, they also spend a lot of time in a digital world, right? Yes. Um, watching YouTube, listening to music, all of those things that really influence who they are and how they behave. And there've been times that we've had to take our, our teenagers' phones away from them because we, we realize that the wrong voices are becoming too prevalent and too yes. loud in their lives.
0: Yeah. Raising kids with character, listen, it's not an easy task. Um, So I'm proud of you for listening to this episode (laughs) because it is not easy. It means you're probably looking to get some wisdom, some insight on how to do this. But mom and dad, it's one of the most important roles that you'll ever be asked to play in your life. And in addition to all these principles, though, we want to give you some very practical, tangible things that you can do. Mm. And so one of the things that we found is that And parents who really raise and impart those values in a healthy way, they do a few different things. And the first one is they reward behavior, not just accomplishments, right? (laughs) While accomplishments are often easy to see and recognize, and we're like, okay, you got an A on this test, you got 100%. I'm going to reward you for that. Well, the truth is, they may not have put in a whole lot of work. Like, Can we just tell you a story here for a moment? You want to share this story? Sure. So when our
1: one of our kids was in middle school, he had a project due for English. He had to write an essay. And part of the assignment was to have it proofread by a peer and to write a final draft. Well, he got to the night before his final draft was due, and I asked him how it was going, and he hadn't even started. He, not just the final draft, he had never written a rough draft, so <laughs> he did not have it edited by a peer, and he was not ready <laughs> to turn in this <sighs> final draft. So the next day comes, and he goes to school early, and he finishes it up, and he turns it in. And before he went, I told him that he was going to be grounded because he did not do the assignment. Behavior
0: We're consequences yes. for the behavior.
1: Right. He didn't do the work. He turns it in, and he got not just 100%. He got Extra credit, extra this freaking credit, people, and <laughs> like teacher, help us out if here. You like, only knew. Like I was
0: like, hey, if she gives him an F, like he's just gonna roll with the F. That'll right. teach him the lesson. And then he's like, I got hundred and ten percent. I was like, you know what? Go to your room. Like You're I can't s- deal with
1: this. <laughs> and we did. We still grounded him because he <laughs> didn't. He didn't do the work.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> that's a consequence side, but you also want to reward right. behavior. So you know, had he put in all the effort and let's say he only got a B minus, but he worked really hard at it. We're rewarding the The effort, effort. not just the result. All right. So don't be too behavior focused.
1: Yeah. And the second thing is to ask questions to really help them understand. When we when they do well, ask them why they think they succeeded, why that went well. What did they do that caused them to succeed? And as they get older, the answers are going to become more defined and they're going to better understand why things like hard work and kindness and thoughtfulness pay off. Um, But even concepts, we want to, as we're instilling values in them, ask them what they think it means to honor somebody, what they think it means to love, because that's how you're really going to instill those values in them.
0: Yeah. And you'll find that as they Get older, usually mm-hmm. their mind is more able to process through that process, right? right? And so when they're younger, you you simplify, but as they get older, let them begin to think. And yeah. hey, by the way, sometimes they're going to come up with answers they're not always going to be like real great or always even right, but you want to encourage them to have that mindset where they're, they're thinking, yes. help them understand. And the third tip is to remember you're always being watched. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, <laughs> there's not a security camera, maybe, but kids, man, they sniff this stuff. Out. We were youth pastors for a long time, and I know so many stories about the parents <laughs> of those kids.
1: Right, and you know our kids are telling stories about us, too.
0: <sighs> it's just terrifying even thinking about that. Right? Listen, <laughs> Pastor James, Elise, our kids are liars. Don't believe anything they said unless it's wonderful about us, because we are yes. fantastic people. <laughs> All right? But kids pay attention more than often we think they do, and they may not mm-hmm. say something. Listen, they may not say something about what they see, but... It's all being watched and you don't need to be perfect. You're gonna mess up. But in those moments when you do mess up, in those moments when you aren't doing what you said you wanted to do, you violate those values, you need to be careful to come to them and explain to them, here's what happened. I just wanna apologize. I'm gonna humble myself because that's also speaking Mm -hmm. volumes to that. If you can humble yourself and make that apology, not make an excuse, but just say, you know what? I was wrong, dad was wrong. I shouldn't have done this. And I'm going to work better to not do this in the future.
1: The next tip is to give your kids opportunities to serve others. We know that as humans, it's our natural tendency to gravitate towards selfishness. But serving others really helps us break that grip of selfishness in us. And even better than having your kids serve is to serve alongside of them. We had the opportunity to do this at Christmas time with an event called Christmas with a Cause, where we worked with an organization that provided the opportunity for parents who were um, struggling to get back on their feet to come and shop free of charge for gifts to give their kids for Christmas. And we had the opportunity to help parents shop. And then a couple of my kids helped me wrap the gifts <laughs> that they were going to give for their, to their children. And it was just an incredible experience to talk with these parents as we're wrapping presents and for my teenage son to stand next to me and help tape gifts and stuff that he there was no reward For him in it. It had nothing to do with him, Mm -hmm. but it was the opportunity to give and be generous for others.
0: Yeah, and I think that's, there's something so powerful. The Bible says it's more blessed to give than receive. And sometimes we're like, I don't know, I really like receiving. And <laughs> it doesn't mean that receiving is bad. Right. It just means that there's something powerful about giving. And so we want, yeah. that's a great way. Uh, the last thing we'd say is put them in spaces, put your kids in spaces where they're with other people who have strong character. If you want yeah. them to catch character traits that and values that you really espouse, then you want to place them around those people who do espouse the same things. Right. I love that our kids have been blessed to be surrounded by some of the most amazing leaders as kids as, you know, youth students now, mm-hmm. people who live out what they believe, who live out a consistent message. And that's a really powerful way because Listen, they don't have this maybe the same voice and the same access, but they have a unique voice and a unique access to our kids. They speak Mm -hmm. to them in a different way. And this is the idea that's going to take all of us working together. And so find those places. That's why one of the things, one of the reasons we love the local church, because we just think, you know, listen, can you be a Christian without going to church? I'm sure you can, but is that the best thing? And it also teaches us that life isn't just for us. They're in these spaces and they're with people who serve. And so they get to serve with those people. All those things are wonderful.
1: Yes, and we love that. Well, we hope that this episode has been helpful for you, but we certainly realize there are many other great ways to instill character yes. into your kids. And we would love to hear your ideas. So let us know what's, what are some things that have worked for you? What are values that you're working to teach your kids right now? We'd love to hear about that. Drop us a DM on Instagram and do us a favor. Would you rate the show and leave us a review? This helps us to reach more people with a message of hope and healing. But thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We will see you next time.